Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everyone, and welcome again to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason Peely. We welcome Jeff Charlton from the Graphic Connections Group. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. How's it going today? It's doing great. All right. Well, we're excited to have Jeff on board today, and Jeff's going to give us a unique approach coming from over two decades of marketing experience, and he has a current marketing tool uh, called AccuPix that we're really going to look forward to dive into. But before we get started on that, we want to touch base on, Jeff, how'd you get started in real estate? Uh, I've been uh, in the printing business for almost uh, 30 years now, and I've also been a real estate investor for about the same amount of time. I've been a consummate entrepreneur my whole life, and uh, real estate was something that was interested in, interesting to me a long time ago. And I can't say I'm an active house flipper, but I do own rental properties now, and uh, I have, over the years, flipped houses, owned properties uh, on a kind of a side basis uh, pretty much my whole career. But we also, my main line of work is running a printing company, printing and direct mail company. And that's always been the main thing that I do. And I saw an opportunity about 15 years ago in the real estate market, a need for people to do real estate direct mail for people that flip houses or, or you know, invest in any way. I saw a need in that market to, um, to support that. So we started doing real estate direct mail about 15 years ago. And we've been growing ever since. And we, we're doing it in a pretty big way right now. That's amazing. So the houses you have, did you find them through direct mail? Uh, well, long time ago, no. Originally, <laughs> the first house I bought happened to be the house next to me that went up for sale. And I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy that and rent it out. And then I got a rental property right next door to me. That's but uh, we did, uh, over the years, find some properties through direct mail with our own marketing. So what made you decide to go into marketing instead of being a strict uh, real estate investor? Oh, I never saw it. Uh, I don't know. I've, I guess I always saw the printing company as my main business and I had employees and things like that. And, uh, real estate was something that was good, but I always kind of saw it as a side thing for me. And I guess I like printing and I like my business. So I, I saw that as something I, I not only do it for a living, but I enjoy doing it and, uh, real estate I, I enjoy too, but you can't really do, it's impossible to do both in a big way. So, uh, sure. it's always remained a side thing, more of a passive thing for me. Well, the great thing is, as uh, as somebody who does real estate investing and you're a marketer, you know exactly what real estate investors are looking for. Correct. Yeah, that's one. I think it's important. I think it sets us apart from most of our other competitors in that I know the business. And not only me, but some of the people that work for me. We know when we're talking to somebody about marketing or what they need to do, and especially if it's a beginner and they don't really know what's going on. They may have gone to a seminar or something like that. They learned something about it. Somebody told them, hey, you need to do some postcards to find some houses to flip. They really don't know what they're doing. We find ourselves end up helping them through the process of figuring out what it is they need to do and where they get their list and what's the right message and all that type of thing. And by being in the industry and understanding the ins and outs of it, it helps me to, to do a better job of actually coaching somebody through the process of of setting up their marketing plan. That's great. So give us a few, we'll say success tips for investors. And of course, every market is different. So maybe one is better with letters, one's better with postcards, but just some success tips to have investors or help investors come to you with better questions about setting up a marketing campaign. Well, the first thing is you got to know 
what your strategy is going in. So I, before you even decide to market, you got to know what it is you're going after. So, and it depends. I mean, when you go to a seminar and we, we face this a lot because there's a lot of people. And these days, every city in America has seminars going on every weekend about how to make money in real estate. And so there's tons of competition. There's tons of beginners. And, you know, you can go to a seminar and learn, but you don't really retain it all. So when it's time to, and they talk about all different things in these seminars too. They talk about, you know, people with high equity and they talk about finding foreclosure sales. And they talk about probate and all these different things. Well, when you're done with all that, well, it all sounds good. Which one do you go after? You know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a beginner, I don't really know. So that's the first thing you got to figure out is what do you want to do? You can't do it all. So I always recommend you pick one thing. And for beginners, the easiest thing to pick is to find people with high equity uh, property where you can go and offer them a cash offer where there's no other, you know, moving parts. And you can offer them a cash offer and you, they can say yes or no and you can make a pretty simple transaction. So most beginners, I recommend if they don't know, they start out there. But you, they got to know that whatever it is. So once you know what it is you're going to do, what type of market you're going to go after, then, then we can talk about the marketing. Now you also have to know what's the location. Are you going to market in, you know, two blocks from your house? Is it going to be a, a whole zip code? Is it going to be whole, your, your whole county? Is it going to be whole, your whole state or the whole United States? What is it? You got to know that because that dramatically affects what you're going to do in terms of your marketing plan. Then you have to figure out what am I going to do to market? Am I going to, do, do I have any, first of all, I guess you have to decide if you have any money. Uh, do you have any money to market? Because a lot of beginners don't have any money. So if you don't have any money, then you have to do it with sweat equity. Well, what's sweat equity? That means maybe uh, knocking on doors or maybe putting flyers in people's mailboxes by hand that you print on your copier or, or a lot of people use yard signs or uh, they call them bandit signs. You know, you still have to buy the bandit signs, but they're not that expensive. So that's a way to, to do something with some sweat equity if you don't have a lot of money. If you're willing to kind of put that on automatic, you, and that's what we do. So we're the direct mail guys. And, but my, the, the, probably the most important thing, and we, we see this all the time, is you have to understand it is a numbers game. And no matter what you do for marketing, it is a numbers game, especially when you start spending money on marketing. And I'm going to stick to direct mail because that's what I know. But indirect mail, I can tell you on a national average, we hear 1% is kind of an average we hear all the time of the type of response people are getting on the direct mail pieces. That doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get 1%. I'm just telling you, on all the mailing we do from all the people, we, on average, people typically work with about a 1% response rate. Now, we have people that get anywhere from 0 to 5%. Uh, I've even had somebody tell me that they got as high as 25% on one of our pretty exclusive mail pieces, although I got to be honest with you, I find that hard to believe because <laughs> that's a pretty insane response rate. Yo, as they sign me up. Yep. That's what the guy told me. So, yep. <laughs> we don't collect, you know, we, we only know uh, what people tell us when it comes to to response because we do the mail all we can do is print and mail it after that we're done you know what happens with response is up to you and some people report back to us and that's how we know what some statistics are but a lot of people don't report back to us or they don't have very good systems of tracking and by the way that's another tip we can talk about that in a minute but if you're going to spend money to market you better track it because if you don't you're stupid i mean would be you, some ways you have no to way track. to judge yes what would be some ways you could track well the simplest way is if you put a phone number out there, however you're marketing, whether it's direct mail, or you're putting up billboards or whatever, you put your phone number on it. When somebody calls in, have a piece of paper and log in that phone call. And so you know 
that they called and, you know, and I would go beyond just that they called, but you know, how good of a prospect is it? Are they really interested and that type of thing? But at a minimum, at least log, you got a call and put it down on a piece of paper somewhere where you're going to not going to lose it. And you'd be amazed at how many people don't do that. They say they're going to do it. They have good intentions of doing it, but they get so wrapped up in the phone call, they forget to write that down. And if you don't do that, the problem is you don't really know, did you really get a good response or not? Did, did you get a good return on your investment? If you don't know what actually happened and, and you can monetize it or quantify that, you don't know if you really, your, your investment in marketing really made any sense. Yeah. You've got to track. Yeah. We've been there. Bingo. We've been there of not yeah. tracking. And we, we now have a CRS, CRM system where everything gets logged in. So we can go back to the data to see if it's the first time they called or maybe the sixth time they've called, you know, and, and the point of just be able to figure out where we are. But we've definitely been guilty of not tracking. And ideally, if you're not tracking, maybe you can have a different phone number for if it's bandit signs or mail. You don't know where, where your call is coming from. So that's a great right. And that's, an, that's another money. tip. Yeah. yeah. That's another, <clears throat> another tip. If you're really going to get into tracking and you do multiple, excuse me, <coughs> multiple marketing campaigns, you need to have different, ideally different phone numbers for each campaign. And there are systems out there that you can get to get those phone numbers fairly, fairly inexpensively. But, and even in direct mail, if you have say a postcard and a letter and maybe they're different versions, I would have a different phone number on each piece. So you know specifically what came from each piece. Now you can ask people the simplest way to do that is when you talk to them on the phone, say, hey, Mr. Prospect, which mail, would you mind telling me what mailer you got in the mail? And most people will know that. But if you don't remember to ask them that, then you forget that. And often people get wrapped up in the conversation, they forget to ask that question. So it's much better to have different phone numbers. That way you don't have to remember. Any uh, Another tips, tip, go ahead. Any, any tips for, uh, we'll say, an amount or times to mail a, uh, we'll say, a certain list over a course of a year or, or how, how frequent to mail them? Oh, well, that was going to be my next point. So you, you, read my, you read my mind there. So th the second most basic thing is you have to understand it is a numbers game. That's what I started to say. So let's just use this 1% as the number. Let's just say you're going to get a 1% response. Well, if you mail 100 letters, 1% 1 of 100 is one. That's not a lot of leads, okay? So, and I can't tell you how many people we see that come to us and they mail 100. Now, we'll take the order. We'll do it, but I do not recommend it um, because it, you're just setting yourself up for failure is all you're doing because you're not going to get – now, I'm not saying you couldn't. It's possible you can make 100 or mail 100 letters and get 10 people calling you. It's not impossible, but it's highly unlikely. And so – Realize you do have to, to get the numbers up to a certain level where you have enough leads to work with. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting there watching the painter on the wall when nobody's calling you. So go into this, realize you're going to have to invest some money to get, generate some leads. And I wouldn't start with less than 500 no matter what. Even 500 is not a very big number. But again, think about it. 1% of 500 is five. Calls. Right? Yeah. That's still not very many. Okay. And if you have a 10% closing rate, that's not even enough to close one deal maybe. Yep. So, and I can tell you, talk about some percentages too. And these are percentages that I've heard. I can't say I have any statistics to show you. This is just what I've heard and, and talking to people in this industry, but it's pretty typical for people to get around one, 1% 1 on their mailings on the average. It's pretty typical for people to close about 10%. That's in terms, when I say closing, I mean, if you get a lead, 10% of the leads coming in, you, you'd actually get a deal out of those. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about a 10% closing rate. 
So those are pretty, so if, if you do that, if you go backwards on that number, you need 10 leads. If you can close 10% of them, you need 10 leads to get one deal. Now well, the, to give our listeners a little bit of information of what Jeff is talking about, we're talking about KPIs, we're talking about key performance indicators, things that you can track to make sure your business is on the right track and listen to Jeff's numbers. And these are real life numbers that he's getting, not only from one investor, he's getting from all of the, his investors. These are averages. Right. 1% of the mailers you put mm -hmm. out will call you 10% of those mailers will actually turn into a lead. So really do your homework and know what you're getting into. Know the numbers, know the, know, know the amount of money that you're going to have to budget for marketing. Yep. And yeah, uh, I, want, I want to correct one thing. Not 10% will turn into a deal, not a lead. Ah, yeah. A lead. That's, Excuse yeah. me. That's, that's important because the beauty of real yeah. estate though, and this is why direct mail works. And I can tell you, everybody's using direct mail. It's by far the most common marketing tool in this whole industry. The big guys are all using it and they're using it in yep. a big way. And I mean, tens of thousands of pieces a month. Uh, they also do other things. They use the internet and they use sign. They use everything, but they're doing, they're all doing direct mail because it does work because the numbers work. Cause the beauty of the real estate industry is when you make a deal, you're usually going to make at least $10,000. Mm -hmm. And and I can also tell you some other averages I've heard. Wholesale tend to average around $10,000 per profit per deal. Full retail flip tends to average around 20,000 on a nationwide basis. Now that varies dramatically from city to city. But these are what I hear on the, we just came from a pretty good sized conference where there were several hundred people there. And that was the numbers they were using uh, in, on stage in front of the whole conference. And these were some guys who were doing some pretty serious numbers. So if you think about it though, if you're gonna make, let's say you make $10,000. So let, let's, let's, let's take these numbers out a little bit. Let's say on average, and there's all different prices for mailing, but I'm just gonna use a dollar a piece as an average. Let's say it costs you a buck to mail out a letter or a postcard or whatever. Let's say you mail a thousand of those. And so you spend a thousand dollars on your marketing. And let's say you get that 10% close rate. You close one deal out of that and you make $10,000. Well, you, you earn $10,000. You invested a thousand dollars in marketing to make $10,000 profit. Yep. Now, would you consider that a good day? It's a good day. You put I would. In, put in every dollar you put in, you get $10 back. That's a great, that's yeah. a great, great, great return. I'll do that all day. I yeah. would think so too. Yeah. Um, so say it takes you you only get a half a percent or maybe you only close five percent and yet and it costs you uh two thousand dollars to get make that ten thousand dollars would you do that yeah. what if it what if it cost you three thousand dollars to make the ten thousand would you do that i mean there's a point where you say I wouldn't do it yep that point is different for everybody Yep, but great. the point is, even though direct mail is in real estate, it still is a winner. And that's why everybody's doing it, because it is a winner. It's the only way, and this is the beauty of it, is the only way in this market that you can truly target a specific property. Other than so, being up and knocking on their door. Okay? When, when um, there's so many different ways to mail out there, and I, I, I see investors getting stuck on, well, should I use the postcard with the, you know, the red ink or should I use the letter that's got the uh, envelope or should I, you know, I don't know what to do. Should I put my picture on it. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it all thought or, or is there some uh, science behind it? There, there's science, but I will, I'll be the first to tell you in these, the, the, the people that work for me, I talk about this all the time. What I think doesn't mean anything. I have opinions on everything in terms of mail pieces and we design mail pieces all the time. Yeah. And when we design it, we put our, all our knowledge forward and we try to design what we think is the best mail piece we can come up with. But just because I think it's good doesn't mean it's going to work. Uh, so what, what 
what matters is what the, the consumers say and what, what the results are in testing. So another rule of direct mail is you have to test. And test, test, test. You test different mailers, you test different lists, and you test different offers. Um, those are three key variables in any offer. And I don't care if you're doing it in real estate or you're selling cars or whatever it is, it's the same concept. You have a list, you have a mail piece, and you have an offer. And those are the three things that go into any marketing campaign. And all three of those are things that vary and that you need to test. And you never, need to, you never test more than one variable at a time, otherwise you don't know what really happened. So that's make that makes so much sense, especially yes. for the beginner investor going in there, they mail, say they mail, they're smart and they mail a thousand pieces their first go around. I think that's a good start, depending on your market. And they don't get any calls and they come back to you, they're like, What what happened? I didn't get any calls. But then you go to them and say, Okay, so what mail piece did you mail out? Why don't we try this other mail piece next month? And then you try that another that other mail piece, maybe you just went from yellow to pink. And the pink mail piece, all of a sudden, out of a thousand letters, he gets 10 calls. There's your test. You know that this market doesn't like yellow letters, but they like pink letters. Right. That makes sense, right? Yeah. It does. And that's, that's a good point. Uh, another good, that leads into another good point, which we ought to talk about, and that's called frequency or touches, multiple touches. Another basic axiom of marketing is it takes multiple touches to get somebody's attention. Yeah. Now I've heard over my career anywhere, it takes anywhere from seven touches to 23 touches to get somebody's attention in any product you sell. Interesting. Now who knows what that number really is. Okay. Yeah. And nobody knows. And the fact is it's different for every offer and every, every product and every marketplace. It's even in, even in real estate, it's different for every, every different area. Different areas of the country perform in different ways depending on how hot they are in a given time. So there really is no one. I can't tell you if you hit somebody seven times, you're guaranteed to get a response. Nobody can tell you that. But what I can tell you is multiple touches do matter. Uh, we do have some, some, some data that shows when people hit people multiple times, the response rate does increase over time. The ideal number is somewhere between four and six that I've seen based on what our experience and what people are doing. So what I'm saying is if you buy a list, let's say you buy that thousand name list, you ought to mail that same person four to six times. And the reason you do that, there's two reasons you do that. Number one is just frequency does matter. People have to get the same message over and over again before it gets beat into their head. They can remember it. And especially in today's world, we are hit with so many marketing messages all day long from our phones to TV to radio to whatever. The marketing is everywhere. And we're all on information overload. So it takes even more today than it used to take because we're hit, hit, hit with so much, you can only remember so much. Yeah. But the second reason is, so, so multiple touches matter just to get somebody's attention and build your brand. But the second thing that's probably even more vital today is, remember I mentioned earlier that there are real estate conferences going on all over the country every single weekend. And there's more and more competition every single week in this market. So you're not only competing to try to get the consumer to remember you, you're trying to get them to remember you over the 15 other guys that all sent the mail pieces. Okay. And you might think that's a crazy number, but it's not crazy. I can tell you that I own rental properties. There's not a week and my rental properties fit right into that niche. I'm an out of state owner. I'm a high equity out of state owner. <laughs> so I get mail pieces. No exaggeration. Every single week. <laughs> yeah. And I get at least three pieces of mail every single week, 52 weeks out of the year saying, I want to buy your houses. Okay. Every one of them says almost the exact same things. I'll pay cash. I'll close tomorrow. No hassles. It's the same message everybody has. 
And I'm not saying that's a bad message. The point is there's a lot of competition. So you got to realize that that's almost more vital than just trying to get the owner's attention. Because um, if you get to, if, if the competitor gets the order, then you miss out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is why as a company, one thing we do, we do more than just print and mail. We try to come up with unique mail pieces uh, that are different than the competition. And, and we, we still want to do talk on uh, that. So we have this very unique approach that you've put together uh, through AccuPix, and we'd love to learn a little bit more about that and how it's become a vital resource for a lot of investors mailing today. Yeah, so he just mentioned the word AccuPix, right? That's our name. That's our trademark name that, that we created. What it is, we have the ability, we wrote a program uh, about a year ago that we have the ability to go in and take a mailing list and upload to that to the program we, we, we wrote that can go and pull the Google Street View image of any house on that mailing list. And we all know that you can go into Google and you can put in your address, you can see the street view, the front view of your house. Well, we can pull all those images down and we can print those on any mail piece. And we can do it automatically. So whether we provide a list for you, you give us a list, we can take that list, upload it to our system, pull down all the images, and then put them on a mail piece. So that means not only are we going to the customer or the prospect and saying, hey, I'd like to buy your house and pay cash, but I'd like to buy this house. And there's a picture of the house. So you got to ask yourself, if you're getting that piece of mail, and you're, most people sort their mail over the trash can. So you go to your mailbox, before you go inside, you hit the trash can and you're sorting the mail and you're flipping through it and you see, maybe you see a couple of postcards that are the same old postcards everybody else is selling. And then you see a, a postcard that's got a picture of your house on. Would you at least stop for a couple of seconds and say, what the heck is this? Guaranteed. Why do they have a picture of my house? Some people don't like it, by the way, I'll tell you that. Yeah. They'll say, well, who, what are you, stalking me or something? We have a picture <laughs> of my house. But it absolutely causes them to pause and that's, you, you got two to three seconds in a stack of mail to get somebody's attention for the, or they're looking at it. So in that two to three seconds, we're hoping that that picture is enough to get them to say, wow, this is weird. Let me take a look at this. And maybe that doesn't go in the trash can, that it goes in the pile they take in the house and they look at it a little closer when they get in the house. Or maybe because it's got a picture of their house on it, they still put it on the refrigerator just because it's something different. Or maybe they think, you know, I don't want to sell my house right now, but I might in six months and I'm going to save this guy. Um, Let me hang on to yeah. this. All that stuff could happen. That's another reason, by the way, frequency is important. It's not just because you got to get their attention, but not everybody is ready to move their house today. Yep. They might be ready six months or a year from now. Yep. They don't even it's know gonna they're going to Whoever hears, that, hears from it, that six-month point is going to be the guy who uh, gets the ticket. Yeah. That's right. Or the guy who's been hitting them over and over and over again for the last six months to the point where they, when, when they go through the pile of mail, they think, yeah, that's that same guy. Yep. Well, if you've got the unique mailers and the ones with pictures on, or we've got other unique mailers as well, and we're always developing new ones, maybe you're the person that they remember over all the other guys that have the same stuff. No have guarantee, you been able to it's a better talk chance. to some of the data now with, uh, with the AccuPix uh, in terms of that in regards to a regular mailer? Any uh, tracking data? Yes, we have, uh, we've got not tons of data, but we've got enough data from people that have done legitimate A-B split tests that we, we have seen two to three times the typical response on our AccuPix over other traditional type of mailers. When I talk about traditional type of mailers, you've got yellow letters. That's the most common one. And by the way, yellow letters, they've been around forever, but they're still a good letter. And for somebody that's watching, if you don't know what a yellow letter is, it's basically a letter that, look, it's a handwritten letter on a yellow legal pad. Yeah. 
Um, and it looks like somebody sat down and wrote your handwritten note. Those have been a, in use for at least 20 years. They are effective. They still work. I still hear good, good things about those. We can print those and do those. Now, we don't handwrite them. We have digital ways to do this stuff automatically so it can keep, keep the cost down and get it in the mail quickly. But it still looks very real. And we're, we're always, the technology keeps improving to the point where we can do all types of handwritten things that look really real. And there's also handwritten postcards. Those are effective. But there's the, I see a lot of yellow postcards that have notice on it or last notice or um, something that looks important like a government notice or something like that. A lot of people use those. And we see some other things too. Letters too. Letters are very popular. We call them business letters uh, where it's just basically a standard business letter that has somebody's logo on it. It says, I want to buy your house. I find it, it's interesting. <clears throat> Individual investors tend to use the handwritten stuff. People that are more corporate, the, the, when I call it, say the big guys, the guys that are very successful, the guys that are flipping 200 houses a year that have companies and they have employees, they tend to, to, to gravitate more towards the business letter as, as at least a part of their strategy. Huh. But they'll also use AccuPix and yellow letters, but they, they'd like to have a business letter in the mix because I think they feel it's important that they show professional image, that we're, we're not some fly-by-night guy. We're a company yeah. that we, you know, we stand behind it and we, we have money and things like that. So why don't you think, I think more, it's important to more individual ahead. investors use the business letter? Is it just that they don't have a company set up or they're just testing at this time or? I don't have an answer for that. I think, I think a lot of the, the, the startups will say, what do you, you know, they go by what works best and they'll hear yellow letters. And so they yeah. use yellow letters. I think that's more, more the answer than any kind of a real logical way of thinking about it. Where, where the business, it's funny, the, the guys that t tend to have companies, they tend to think, I don't want to mail that yellow letter crap. That, that looks amateurish. I want something that looks professional. But, but the people that, that are really doing this in a big way, they do it all. They, they do different mail pieces. And the reason that's important, that's another reason they do multiple touches, is different people respond to different things. Like me personally, I would not respond to a yellow letter. As if I was want to sell my house, I would not respond to a yellow letter because I think it's unprofessional. I, I would instantly think this is some fly-by-night guy that I don't even know if he has the money. I would tend to respond more to a company, okay? But it's funny, the data shows that yellow letters work really well. I think there's a lot of people that are just the opposite. They're more comfortable with an individual than a company. So they respond better to a yellow letter or some sort of handwritten type of thing. So we have a, a mailer called what I call the fake check letter which is we actually send a check in the mail. It looks like a real check, but it's not. It's fake. But it says, I will buy your house for $52,000. And, of course, there's some disclaimer language at the bottom of it that says this is subject to uh, us inspecting your house and everything. But it looks, it, it's in an envelope that looks official, too. When they get it, they think it's a check, so they open it. And why do we do that? Because we, it looks like a, you want people to open it. You yep. can't get your message to them if they don't open the envelope. If it never makes it past the trash can, you'll never get your message to them. So the first step is get past the trash can. And you do that with creative ways to get people's attention. And a fake check is one that's very effective. That's people great. are afraid to use that one. I've only had a handful of people use that. In fact, the guy that got a 25% response, that was the fake check letter. Huh. Um, nice. That's awesome. And he got such a response uh, that uh, I, I, don't, I don't know why he <laughs> doesn't use it all the time, but it almost blew him away. It was too much. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people are afraid of that because they're afraid, well, I can't, you know, what, what if – what if I don't want to buy the house, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I said it was $52,000 and they're just not comfortable with that type of an offer. So 
I get it. Got it. But it's out there. So well, the, uh, I would say a key piece, if you're going to do all this marketing, and this is probably one of the most important points of it, you can mail out a million letters, hundred letters, 5,000 letters, no matter what you mail. But when that call comes, you got to pick up the call. Right. A lot of people yes. do all this mailing and they don't pick up the calls. <laughs> so lows are mine, but you that call pick up the call. Live. And if you can do it live, uh, from the data we've heard, it's that much more effective than if you let it go to a voicemail and try and get that seller back on the phone. So, <laughs> but yeah. So Jeff, are there any other ways that your company helps investors and what are they? Where's Jeff on this side? Step three. Um, yeah. I'm still here. Did we lose you? Yeah, there we go. Lost you for yeah, a, you're, for a your moment. screen froze on your first sec there. So anyway, um, this website's very simple to order. So a beginner can go through and place an entire order and they see exactly what we've uh, done. And we did that because we have you know, a fair amount of competition in the marketplace and none of their websites are very user friendly. And so I made one that's very, very user friendly because you know, a lot of people that get in this are beginners. They don't know anything about direct mail. Yeah. So we try to make it really simple for them to order. Um, and we can, we can provide a mailing list if you don't have a mailing list. Although a lot of people have sources for mailing lists, especially if they're going to coaching seminars and things like that. Most coaches have access to good mailing lists. Um, so that's not, uh, you know, we, but if you don't have that, we can do that. That's and we can also do other, if you have other, you know, we, we're in the general. And I have graphics. So we, you can use our templates or we can design custom templates for you or anything in between. You can take one of our templates and modify it slightly for what you want. We can do all that. Perfect. Well, Jeff, this has been absolutely so we can take you all the way from the very beginning stage through what's happening. I lost you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you fine. We're, uh, I think we're having a weird. Yeah, something looks like I have some technical difficulties there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we started to say end it and then it. I don't see your picture anymore, though. Interesting. Hold on one second. Because we see you live. Yeah, edit yeah we'll, we'll edit it. We'll edit it from the point. Yeah. It's so one second here. Want to switch over? There. That should be much better. Here we go. You're back. Okay. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> Interesting. 130 podcasts. We haven't had that happen before. So you are, you are lucky. <laughs> that was weird. It was going fine. But uh, yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I, didn't, so. I didn't touch anything either. That was it. Don't worry. It's the uh, magic thing called the internet. So yeah. yep. um, let's just backtrack to one more point here. So we'd All like right. to at least uh, do an outro here where we can just talk about best way to reach you and your company, uh, just and your point, any other notes you would have for a, a, a first time investor just starting out. We talked a little bit about that and then we'll just do a little best way to reach you. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just do a, a brief kind of a conclusion of, you need to get your list, you need to you know, decide how much you wanna mail, yep. and just real quick, and sure. think about frequency, that type of thing. 
great. I'll, I'll give you a little lead in here. So, okay. so Jeff, what, what would be the best way to be prepared to get in touch with your company and just as a new investor, what do you need to really get your marketing campaign off the ground? Well, to reach us, go to reiprintmail.com, reiprintmail.com. Our phone number is right at the top of the website as well. So you can, you can see some things on the website, you can place an order, or you can call us and we'll help you through it, or both. Uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the, the kind of the closing tip, just to quickly review what we've talked about, you have to start out with your mailing list. Um, you have to think about how much you're going to mail and remember the numbers we talked about. Don't think you're going to mail a hundred and, and get rich because you're not. Okay. Um, I would recommend mailing at least a thousand as a starting point. Um, think about your mail piece and you know, whether you try AccuPix, you try some of the other things, we can help you through any of those. And then think about frequency because awesome. you know, and you got to budget that. And what I recommend you do is set up a, a monthly budget, whatever you can afford a marketing budget and spend that money every month like clockwork and just do it. You got to trust the numbers. It will work. If you put the, if you put the stuff in the marketplace and you guys mentioned answer the phone, absolutely. Again, I'm the direct mail guy. Once I put it in the mail, I'm done. Uh -huh. That's when you take over, but you have to make sure if you're going to spend the money on marketing, you properly handle those leads because otherwise you're totally wasting your money. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but do that and you do it month after month. Uh, you can make some money in this business. It's, it's a great business. That's awesome. Well, Jeff Charlton of the Graphic Connections Group, thank you so much. These have been valuable tips for investors to really start their investment career and also take their investing career to the next step. And uh, we look forward to basically using your services and talking further. Yes. Thank you so much, Jeff. Great. Thanks. Have a great day. Well, this is the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Again, thank you very much, Jeff. And thank you to you all for listening. We are so grateful. You have a great day. Bye now. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.